Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age Podcast. This is your host, C. Travis Webb, editor of the American Age, and I am speaking to you from Southern California. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or whatever time frame you're on. Um, this is Stephen G. Fullwood. I'm the co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project. I'm coming to you from Harlem, and it is moody out, and it's moody in. Mm. Word. This is Seth Rodney. I am a senior editor at the Hyperallergic Blog, and uh, uh, I'm in Newburgh, New York, and I'm I'm tired today, but but that I've been tired all week, <laughs> so I'm soldiering on. Uh, this is uh, to remind our listeners that we practice a form of what we like to call intellectual intimacy, which is giving each other the space and time to figure out things out loud and together. And I think, uh, I mean, I know what we're talking about today, but I basically think we're kind of wrapping up our larger arc on kind of the middle class and suburbia and sort of the aspirations that are associated with that. And, and one of the things in that conversation that came out, um, Seth had made a um mention uh emily nussbaum yes um and i uh and that quote i'm gonna let you actually set this up but and then i had made a snarky kind of funny i was trying to be funny at least i suppose whether people laughed or not is is the deciding factor on whether it was funny or not but um remark and and seth revisited that last week and so he wanted to come back to that so very happy to do it well, I had said uh, on the previous podcast, I think it was a few weeks back that we recorded it, that uh, towards the end of a conversation, I think we were having about you know, sort of politics around gentrification, suburbia, mm -hmm. um, sort of class and ethnic divisions that tend to define suburbia, um, the ones that actually... Um, Fuckface von Clownstick have been trying to weaponize over the last mm -hmm. couple of weeks and, and months. Mm -hmm. And I recall that Emily Nussbaum, and I replied to this tweet when I saw it in 2016, she was leading up to the election. I want to say it was a couple months before. So September, October, somewhere in there, she had said, on, wrote on Twitter, this election will be decided by how much white women still hate themselves. And I thought it was mm -hmm. such a poignant and pointed and insightful remark that I, I, I remembered it I, mm -hmm. and, I, and I've kept it close. And I remember you, Travis, had responded to this by saying, no, 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 you can't do that. That's, that's lazy intellectualism. It's white women aren't the key to this thing. And certainly you can make a case for maybe them hating themselves, but they're not a key to presidential elections. And I was arguing that they are. And I was really, frankly, um, ignorant about electoral politics. I'm a little less ignorant right now. Um, mm -hmm. Not much. I've done a little <laughs> reading. And, and from what I can tell, really, the, the couple of, what do you call it, breakdowns of what happened in the 2016 presidential election indicate that the margins are just really close. They've always been, and they, they, they're kind of steadily, they have been for the last couple of elections. Um, That's right. Steadily on. They don't move a lot. Right. They don't move a lot. Like, same kind of basically number of white men voted for Mitt Romney. Basically, same number of 
Hispanic um, uh, and and black people voted for um, uh, or, or did not vote for Romney as voted for Trump. Uh, I did not vote for Trump. That sort of thing. So the, the margins are really slim. The differences are really slim from election to election over the past two, two or three, three or four. So turnout, it, turnout. It's. I mean, the, the elections are about turnout. Is what right is really what it comes right, down right, to. right, right, right. It was something like in the last election. It was something like how many black people voted for um, black women voted for Hillary it was like eighty nine percent or something like that. And before I think for Barack, it had been like. 91 in the pre in the first election and then they dipped down to like 89 or something like that so it's you know the 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 differences are very very slim so in some ways that actually does vindicate what nussbaum says and that like wow i i i hear that and i hear the exact opposite that's funny okay so let's so let's get into it (laughs) let's get into it um why do you hear the exact opposite so it was 53 percent in nussbaum's uh so first of all let's let's a bracket all of this by saying uh, statistics around voting percentages uh, are not like statistics around the likelihood of particle decay. Like there is a lot of fuzziness around the edges. And just because uh, a statistician calculated that it was this percentage does not mean that it was actually that exact percentage. But let's just so right because they're doing this through exit polling mostly, right? Or something, Right. right? Yeah. Right. No one, no one from the federal government sends out a thing that goes like, you know, this was the white person's, this right. is the white person's vote. Right. So, gotcha. so let's just Im- immediately say that we're all, and any statistician is going to be talking about things with a high degree of uncertainty. Yes. So, but, but let's just sort of agree. Okay. So 53%. So that's, that's the majority of white women. So what would the percentage point need to be for it to not be the majority to have that kind of handy rhetorical bludgeon, right? So 4%. So you're telling me that 4% of if, if you if the vote for Donald or for Hillary Clinton had flipped by 4% for black women or Latinos or 4% more of Latinos in Wisconsin and Ohio would have gone to vote that that wouldn't have flipped the election? I think, okay, you're being really careful in your thinking here, but I want to say that it's not as simple as numbers. What I think is happening or what I think happens in these cases is, and this happened, I felt this in the air, in the ether around the election. It's not just about who, how you vote. It's also about how you talk about how you're voting, right? So people around me. No, the, the election's 100% about how you vote. No, 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 I, I'm with you. No, I'm with you. I'm with, <laughs> with you, the exception Chuck. Of stolen elections, but go ahead. Yeah, fair enough. I'm saying in the legitimate election. No, thank right, you for the qualification. No, right, but what I'm saying is in the lead up to, right, it's the talk around it that sways other people, right? So you're, if people are constantly talking about Hillary's emails, and this was the lesson of that, particular debacle, like, of course, it makes her look like a worse candidate and fewer people go to the polls. Right. So I'm just saying there's a knock on effect. That's all. Oh, yeah. No, and I know Nate Silver has basically come out and said that by by his estimation and, you know, sort of his uh, way of of kind of reading the election and taking the enthusiasm of the uh, the gap, the enthusiasm gap between the two candidates, that really it was Comey's final announcement of 
um, opening up uh, Anthony Weiner's, you know, laptop and all this kind of stuff that actually really finally did her in. Because let's remember, he lost by three million votes. Right. He lost by three million votes. Right. He lost by three million votes. Right. Like he, the the number of people who did not vote for him exceeds the number of people that voted for him. Right. It is, uh, it, you know, I I used I was much softer and much less. Um, uh, "Quote unquote radical" around the electoral college, but before the last mm-hmm. like year, but my thinking has definitely changed on that. It, I feel like it needs to go. Absolutely, I feel like it's got to go. Absolutely. I feel like it's got to go. I, I would like to give. I mean, you and I have been going by Stephen. Do you want to like you <laughs> jump in? Or we here intellectual intimacy. We're giving each other time to sort of think about these things. <laughs> and so here's the intimate part of it for me. It's just I'm just listening because. Um, <laughs> yeah, they have some thoughts, but not anything really that remarkable. I'm okay. just kind of figuring out where the conversation is going and where I might actually have something to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you it. can you, you can participate in the direction of that conversation if you like. That's true. And by <laughs> participating, I am listening <laughs> to see where I might land on something because, oh, yeah. um, like you, the electoral college has to go, and I have decided to lend my voice and energy to making that happen. But also, there's a lot of background work I need to do on it. Mm, um, yeah. There's that part of it, and as far as the swaying of the um, the election either directly, you know, an honest election, I still feel very much um, traumatized by what happened with Kemp in Atlanta, I mean, in Georgia. Mm. And the, um, you know, the voter fraud across the nation that was proven, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. on the Republican side. So Mm -hmm. I'm traumatized by that and feel like I'm not qualified to to talk about who's, uh, who's, who's responsible for terrible decisions in the in the white house uh, right now yeah um so um mm-hmm. you do you feel like the election was stolen from kemp in in georgia is or that, stolen yeah, by i kemp. actually just by i'm sorry by kemp thank mm-hmm. you sorry sorry, sorry. yes you mean uh, against abrams yes? absolutely no that's what we're talking that's about clear, yeah. yeah and so that's what okay. i was thinking yeah sorry thank you for because that of general because of general voter suppression or anything in particular well because they were actually going to people's houses and actually um, telling people they needed to, they were um, bombarding people who were shut-ins or people who weren't out to mm. vote and stealing their vote, meaning that they mm-hmm. were having them sign documents and then putting in later, oh, you don't have to fill it all out. <laughs> we'll fill out the rest. And they actually yeah. found people who did this and were convicted of doing this. Mm-hmm. So this is a small... That sound, that, yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah. It, it, the, the, the conviction rings a bell. I feel like that wasn't that long ago that mm, that came out. No, not uh, at all. Yeah. So there's that, yeah. and there are other cases of it as well. And so I'm just trying to um, inform myself um, about those cases. Like, I think I remember when Seth mentioned... I don't recall what my response was about, about white women hating themselves in relationship to um, the Trump-Clinton uh, election... I don't remember what I said, but I have a feeling it was something around, like the self hatred part was a bit um, sticky, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like these yeah. people could probably love themselves to death, <laughs> you know, white women, and still vote for Trump or vote against their interests well, because well, it's a bit right. sticky. Because we're not, mm. there's no one road to um, 
just loving oneself, I guess, in this way. Right. And there's yeah. no one. Yeah. And there's no one road to white I, supremacy either. Right. I, right. And I love property. Right. I might right. love that. <laughs> I right. might love you know neighborhoods right. that look like me or that kind of thing. You know. So that's yeah. where I think my brain went. I was like, I don't know. I feel like the tools weren't clear. Yeah. Maybe you know. Maybe yeah. now that now that we're talking about it, maybe I'm actually kind of coming around to your position, Travis. And maybe what I'm. Now what I'm thinking is maybe the argument that Nussbaum was making was actually more of a cultural one. Not that the election was decided by sheer, like, women voting for Trump. Mm. Not that, mm. not that 53%, but more the, again, you know, 53% with the asterisk, but the 53% who were talking with their neighbors, talking with their husbands, mm. talking with their sons and daughters about Trump, who were saying to them, to, to their, their, their families and friends, uh, hey, you know, this guy might be something different that we need. Hey, you know, Hillary is really um, untrustworthy. Yeah. Uh, we got to have a change now kind of thing. So, yeah. So I actually am, I mean, so you, you. Uh, that's so funny. I, we may be, we may be uh, switching positions a little bit because I do feel so. One of the things that the the tweet immediately before that she said uh, something about like misogyny, the election being soaked in misogyny, like period blood or something like that. Mm. Uh, wow. Which yeah yeah yeah. I mean it was a pretty which I you know I, I appreciate really stark metaphors. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm good with it. So mm-hmm. uh, the uh, and really appreciate the kind of the 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 multiple valences that that comment is hitting on by mm-hmm. by using that so I, I appreciate that the, uh, um, and so in that way if she is making a cultural comment um, and we're not talking about the statistics mm-hmm. um, you know then the fact then you know then the observation becomes like how is there not just like a collective like sort of repudiation of the type of misogyny that Trump embodied as a candidate in 2016. Mm. I'm sure still does, of course, but mm. I mean, that was the one with, you know, the most salient comments around that and the various allegations of, uh, of rape and, and sort of misuse of, of his position and whatnot. The only, the only thing that I, I guess keeps me from fully signing on to that is there was a great deal of repudiation against that. A great deal. Agreed. Of, I mean, there, there's Agreed. a lot of outrage. Agreed. I don't know anyone that was like, eh. <laughs> I mean, and it, this includes my very conservative uh, family members of various stripes. Like, no one was okay with that. And as you mean Stephen with the pointed whole, out, you mean the whole you mean grabbing by the Stormy pussy, Daniels, and all of that. And yeah, pussy. yeah, 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 right, yeah, yeah, yeah. No one, you know. Um, but but we all, I mean, because so let me put my cards on the table here. I if if I thought we could elect a president or a Congress or Senate that was filled with uh, a fill in the blank, you know, sort of like worldview or approach to life that I find abhorrent, whether it's misogyny or mm-hmm. whatever. And the end result of uh, uh, the end result of that election was that, you know, uh, greater redistribution of wealth to people that do- that don't have it. It's, uh, you know, sort of rebuilding of infrastructure in inner cities to, help improve schools and economic opportunities for the disenfranchised, I'd probably make that trade. 
Mm. Like I, I'd I'd make the trade on manners mm. for substance, mm. and for a lot of these people, the trade is like abortion. Like that's a big issue for them. Like right. no one in this no one in this conversation re- probably very comfortably relates to that. Mm. But but for for people like that, that's like that is a big 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 issue. Like yeah. if you if you had a if you had a Democrat a, a serious Democratic candidate that was anti-abortion. You see a lot of Midwestern voters voting for them. Yeah, uh, a lot of voters in the South because that is a like that's a serious issue yeah. for for e- evangelicals and, and people that uh yeah. that believe in that sort of theory of the soul. Yeah, yeah. Stephen, you look Stephen looks unsafe. He's like jawing. He's like I don't know. I, so I was thinking about the <clears throat> the idea that the trade. You know your 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 example of the trade off. And mm-hmm, it feels mm-hmm. like, so I, I was about to go into this thing about R. Kelly, and I was mm. going to compare him to Trump, and I was thinking okay. about my theory, my current theory of R. Kelly, and the reason why he was able for years to get, to do what he did, is that there were men um, that were sort of, and admired him, you mm-hmm. know, that thought he, yeah, I'd like to have a harem, yeah, i like to sleep with kids. You know, but they wouldn't say it, so he became sort of an avatar in a way for that. And so mm-hmm. I think of Trump in the similar sense that even though people on the 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 cover were like, I mean, not the cover, but on the surface, on the face of it, we're mm-hmm. saying that's terrible, that's terrible. We're sort of like, you know, I feel like we don't, and it's hard to sort of measure that inside versus the public face. Right, but you there know, are a lot of women that are titillated by that I'm not, too. I'm, not, said I'm totally man. not even finished. I was about to say. Okay, I'm so, okay, sorry. Okay, sorry. No, sorry, but sorry. you but you said what I wanted to say about the titillation, but also about women who feel like, what's the point? They're always going to be this way. Mm. I like the music, mm. or I like mm. a man who's in control. So I don't think that women are any more um, innocent than men when it comes to what I'm trying to get at about the inside outside thing. Mm. Um, but I think that the reason why certain people are able to do what they do for so long is that there is a culture of relinquished responsibility. Yes. Um, mm. And that culpability well is very um, sticky. Yes. You know, yes. so when people say, <clears throat> you know, such and such had an affair with a woman, we should get him out of Congress. I'm like, really? Somebody who actually was doing something, we should get rid of this person? I'm not sure about that. I think that one mm. is a personal and one is a professional. And what yeah, people do well is said. that they um, they intersect for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know? yep. So mm-hmm. yeah. I kind of would make the trade, too, if someone was anti- well, Actually, I wouldn't because, no, I don't feel that. <laughs> yeah. I have to you think know of a better funny? example, it, but yeah. It is, uh, I would... I would make the trade against my better judgment because I actually don't believe that. I actually do. I, I am, if if I had a position, I would be a virtue ethicist. Like, I believe that the virtues matter even if the outcomes are less than desirable. Um, so it, that's where I sit in that kind of like, in that in that ethical sort of spectrum of approaches to doing the right thing. Um, but, but I'm saying that I would probably suspend my better judgment for that trade. Well, I I would counter by saying I don't think that the trade is real. I think that anybody who uh, is a misogynist is not going to vote to 
redistribute wealth. I just don't yeah. think that's going to happen. I think um, in most of the cases, well, I don't know about the. I feel like some are. I feel like some are fl- more flexible than others. Right. I, but, I feel. I, I. I feel like the misogyny one. Maybe you could find someone like that. But the, but right. The and racism I, one I think is more complicated. Right. But I, I want to say what we really need right now is real world examples. And, and I'm trying. I'm thinking of all the senators and Congress people that I know of and read, read about. And all the evildoers, I mean, the ones that jumped to mind, you know, um, Tom Cotton, uh, uh, the less, less evil, but just as sort of less, uh, um, obviously evil, but just in some ways as pernicious by, um, by their, so, by their finger wagging sort of tis, tis, tisking of, of Trump and not doing anything to actually fight his agenda. People like Susan Collins. Like when I think about them, I think, no, they're not. From what I know of their voting records, they're not pushing any I, agendas that I, I, I would sign on the, to. The thing is, though, but I think history, I think history provides a pretty significant counterexample, which is that in the expansion of enfranchisement, like the vote expanded when this country was racist as hell. The vote expanded when it was misogynist as hell. People are people are willing, right? Not all people at all times, but many people at most times have moments where they can see what is right and wrong in spite of their worst impulses. Yeah, but I, I want to, Stephen, go ahead. You want to say it. Go ahead. I'm going to say, I'm suspicious, period, mm. about what those good intentions really look like person to person. That's all. Mm. Mm-hmm. Whether it was a wave of the idea, whether or not someone was working a back deal and saying, if you vote for this, then we'll do this. So I do question that. Right, because I, from, from from my reading of the civil rights movement, and I and I happen to take a college course on this, and I'm not, I'm saying that in a sort of one-upmanship kind of way, but I'm more actually, I think more, I'm saying it to say that I did some detailed reading of this um, mm-hmm. many, many, many years ago. Um, when Lyndon B. Johnson, when Lyndon Baines Johnson signed the Voting Rights Act. Um, I think it was the Civil Rights Act he signed in 1962, Voting Rights Act in 64, something like that. I might have it mixed up. But Mm -hmm. there had been a wave, a movement that had pushed people to the point, right? And then JFK Mm -hmm. got assassinated. And there was this moment where Lyndon Baines Johnson came in, and he had been an arm twister before. He had been an arm, he had been a guy. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. Right. And he came in and he just, it it felt, I think it felt like, he inherited a time with a mandate, or he inherited a mandate, that this thing had to happen because um, the country had essentially had a reckoning with race. And this was mm-hmm. the only way for it to sort of stanch the blood flow, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like in those instances, yeah, like he's a, he was an awful human being from, from, from everything uh, that I've read. But yes, he, he, he was equal to the, t- the moment that, that called him into action. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well but, but, but he wouldn't have been that without the moment. Okay, but I. Where's Lincoln. the counterexample? Like, I don't understand what you guys are arguing right now. Like the the. Okay, so so yes, you have just given a solid example of what I'm talking about. No, like, no, no, the, no, 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 no. You're, you're hearing. I did. You're hearing. This thing got accomplished <laughs> because. Yes. Right. But I'm saying of the goodwill of the people who saw right, a need not the good, no, for this to happen. Movement. And I'm saying I thought it was. I'm, I'm very much. So maybe what we're talking about is uh, okay. So you're saying so you're you're casting doubt on my better angels, 
you know, like sort of description. Well, an okay. evolution, yeah, yes. an evolution uh, of the human uh, yes. soul and people yes. seeing that, you know, racism is a cancer and blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking, no, it was the moment. Right. I think that okay, that... So, but what, but but it's always a moment. No, no, like that, no, 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 no. Sorry, what we're saying is, let me boil it down. It wasn't about the angels in Congress or, or, the, or Congress people finding their better selves. It was about activists and organizers pushing them to make this stark choice. Either vote. And how did this? Uh, so I have two volumes mm-hmm. of the American Library mm-hmm. from the Civil Rights, and it is filled, mm-hmm. filled, filled with stories from the civil rights, from all of the newspapers across the country right. that put front page the abuse and degradation of black bodies. Right. Put that story in front of a lot. And so this groundswell that you are talking about, uh-huh. this outrage, this collective outrage, that was a collective outrage of a nation of majority white people right. that put pressure on this asshole in office to beat the Southern Democrats over their head to get this to get the legislation passed. Then I misunderstood what you are saying then, because (laughs) what you were saying, I thought was who was in government and who was making those changes. Not the groundswell of people. I didn't say anything about government. I'm not talking about I'm I'm talking about I'm talking about people in general. Hmm. I'm I'm saying that people in like I, so this is I mean let let me let me give it uh, let me give it succinct clarification. The British left India because of collective nonviolent action. Gandhi's theory of satyagraha, which I always want to point out, he got from Henry David Thoreau. So that is an American tradition. Mm. But so so Gandhi. So this idea of the abuse of bodies and putting the abuse of bodies like so gratuitously in the face Mm -hmm. of the oppressor Mm -hmm. that they had no choice but to let it go or to let go of their humanity. And the British Empire, Mm -hmm. the British Mm -hmm. Empire chose to relinquish control of India because of this. Mm. Like, I don't see, and of course, a number of other, you know, fluid, concrete examples. I'm sure you have some historian somewhere that's going to talk about, like, the reduction in you know, the trade of precious resources out of India that affected mm-hmm. its importance for... The, okay, fine, whatever. But, but it's not a fine like, whatever. It's also it, and. It, it, you know, it, so, yes, but the, the also and is the dominant story, the period blood that we are soaked in right now. Mm. Like, all we are talking about, not here on the podcast, we talk about a lot of other things, mm. but all we are talking about on social media and in the media is sickness, sickness, sickness. Now, that's literally the mm-hmm, sickness mm-hmm. of COVID-19 and figuratively yes. the sickness. If you if you are going to evaluate an entire group of people by their worst impulses, you are going to be forever disappointed in humanity, full stop, any point, any time, it doesn't matter. Mm. What, no, what, what I think um, sort of blunts that particular perspective is that what it does is, we're, I'll, I'll speak for myself, I won't speak for Seth, I'll say that I see the humanity in people, and then I see that anything that's in them is in me. That's one, that's one part of it. And another part of it is that it's, I don't constantly not see the beauty of what people can do. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is that when I think about your example of the people being, you know, bitten by dogs and spray water hoses and the carnage, really the carnage, and say, so we need to, for this to change, but for so many things to remain the same. 
troubles me because it makes it blunts the impact of what the civil rights movement um, did in terms of the um, the legislation, but then the reentrenchment and the reenslavement of the black body. These things are important as well. So yes, you get an A plus for effort, absolutely. And mm-hmm. it's more nuanced for me. So it's not like I'm always looking for the bad in people. That's not true. I'm going, where's the, ev- the evidence here is that one thing and not the groundswell, the changes, the radical changes. Yes, this mm-hmm. was a part of that. And then let's look at the last 50 plus years and see how mm-hmm. the um, segregation, you know, neo-segregation continued to happen mm-hmm. and continued to disenfranchise mm-hmm. people of African descent, continue to disenfranchise poor people. So we look at our laws and we think that they're, that's it. And of course, that's not it. But it's mm-hmm. very frustrating, I think. And I hold on to it because I go, I, I think Baldwin says, I love this land too much, not for it, and I reserve the right to criticize it. Mm. Absolutely. In fact, my, criti- yeah, my yeah, criticalness sure. <laughs> and my compassion are together here. So it's not one or the other. So mm-hmm. I, I question people's good motives or good um, on the surface what it looks like. And that's, mm. I don't think, well, you know, I don't give a fuck how it looks. I'll be there. I'll be frank because mm. I'm interested in getting at something that sometimes is tickling in the back of my mind. And it could be me um, in terms of just the distrust, but I'm seeing a lot of evidence that painting um, a street, Black Lives Matters, is a symbol of something that could move people and be more compassionate or just be a symbol, a dead symbol mm. in the water. Mm. Mm. That's all. I mean... Mm. So Mm -hmm. we are clearly, I mean, we are on the same side as, as far as like outcomes, Mm -hmm. right? We all want to see, I I mean, at least as far as we are capable of articulating those, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm, So, but where in, in this instance, where I, I think there's some disagreement is, uh, in the strategy and the tactics of producing those outcomes. Yeah. And I... And I but I oh, worry so sometimes, um, Travis, that if we are constantly complaining about what's happening, the idea is that, well, how do people become, you know, it, how do people sign on to something that's more liberating if they're being called hunky, right? How do people deal with the criticisms um, in ways that don't seem to invite coalition building. That's sometimes mm-hmm. that's what I hear in some of your arguments, which I think is a really good point, and I'm still thinking it through, mm-hmm. um, which is why I thought early on when we were talking about the white woman, um, you know, white women hating themselves or whatever, I was thinking about, does one have to see themselves in everything to see it be vital or to mm-hmm. be important? And so this is kind of part of what I'm sort of wrestling with because I want to have great conversations with my neighbors and coworkers about these things. And part of the criticism part of it is like, I don't want to hear that. I just want to know that, you know, I have a Black Lives sign matter in my window. Is that enough? And it's not enough. <laughs> mm. It's never been enough. So I, I am not, so it, it felt like you um, wanted to hedge my argument or that you had some suspicions of it. And, and I do, I mean, that is well, an not ongoing... suspicions, just, no, I think it's a good point. 
how are people going to get on board with something if they feel threatened or if they feel like they're being um, maligned in some ways? And I'm just questioning that. I'm questioning, not your argument about it, but oh, like oh, thinking see. it through and going, okay, so how would this, how, how would this not end, but let's see this develop. Let's see what that looks yeah, like. Because I've yeah. seen other arguments in favor of what you're saying and demonstrations of it. And I'm curious about how it would work out. Yeah, I mean, so the, my my concern is, as I've mentioned on the podcast before, is like, what's the next move? Okay, mm. so, like, just what's our next step? We want, I think we have, again, there's, and I don't mean to go back to the ways that we agree, because it's fine for us to disagree on stuff. That's, mm-hmm. that's actually no it problem. It might even but, be more important. Yeah, <laughs> in some sure, ways. sure, yeah. sure, absolutely. And, and, and I am open to the fact that, um, you know, if you, if you're taking a longer historical view, it is very possible that as a country, we have to overcorrect for a generation and be, mm. uh, absolutely wrong and misguided about how we're thinking about quote unquote white people, quote unquote black people, quote unquote whatever. That might be possible. I, you know, that that's not going to be the side that I argue for. Um, because again, of the virtue ethics thing, like I just, I don't, I don't think you get, I don't think you very easily get to positive outcomes from, from corrupt intents, but, but let's, but but that's probably a different discussion. So, so we, we want, obviously, um, we don't want the vote to be suppressed. Let's just start with that. Like we want, we want poor people. We want uneducated people, right? I'm just putting that in because these are the types of people that the Republicans will typically try to disenfranchise. Mm -hmm. Like we, I want their, I, you know, the whole point of democracy is that, you know, the, the people have an, a vested interest in the government. I, I think it's a critically important that the poor and, in, uh, and uneducated, like, you know, don't have college degrees, have a vested interest and a vested say in their, in gov- in their government. Oh, that will make us a better country. Mm. And the, the attempt to disenfranchise that vote is something I am vehemently opposed to. And I think that if you do enfranchise those people, you never get another Rep- the current Republican Party elected in in the next forty years. Mm-hmm. Well, we but, hope so. We hope. But I do believe that. I mean, because there is, and there there are some there. You know, there are some things to support this point of view that we are really kind of a center left country, and it's all just about turnout. Like if you are turning enough people out, you know, you get. You get center-left coalitions, you get center-left people in office, um, you know, you don't turn enough people out, you get, you know, Donald Trump. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I just don't know what the next move, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't need to say more than that, I'm sure it's like, I, I just, I just don't know what our next move is if we continue That's to fair. dwell on how we're different. Well, I, I won't... Or invent I'll, differences. Well, I'll, I'll, I want to go back to the Nussbaum quote and say that given that particular metric, right, for um, mm-hmm. the sort of political feasibility or the, the, the feasibility to build on a particular sentiment or a particular mm-hmm. uh, political position, then I'm, 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 I'm still on board with the Nussbaum quote because that, I would, I would say the next move after saying what she said is to realize that we have to have a series of deep conversations and a real kind of come to Jesus moment about women hating themselves, because I think that that's real. I think that that like, 
But she said white women. Right. Fair enough. No, fair enough. Right. Fair enough. And that's, and that's, you're right. And that's, that's pro- probably a mistake. It's, it's, it's women hating themselves. Like women who uh, have, have inherited this kind of toxic masculinity that basically says, uh, or basically purports to, to, to show that, uh, that women are inherently flawed because they're women, that they're not mm-hmm. quite, as um they don't still have the they just don't have the status or the importance of men right um there is something in our culture that 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 circulates that that idea circulates throughout our culture everywhere throughout our culture and i think that as currency it, it does it yeah and i think that it mm-hmm. does make a difference in the ways that people think about what leadership should look like so mm-hmm. there is something there, right? The next step is to say, okay, we don't want to ever allow ourselves to be so influenced by this inherent misogyny that we look on leaders like him and think that's okay. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's what we want in a leader. So that's the next step. So mm-hmm. I'm saying that I think that her, her tweet, flawed as it is, does actually indicate somewhere to go that's mm. useful so it's a more looking inward and also looking at what that currency is it's not just the currency of the idea it's the currency of it still exists today <laughs> um and for me it starts it, it doesn't start with women necessarily it's because we're talking about women yes absolutely and then it also it obviously it works it works into men what we believe about women's leadership, which is Precisely. very complicated. Mm-hmm. Precisely. Precisely. I, I mean, I would say, you know, what if, what if I were to question the premise mm. that misogyny does not soak our culture? Mm. Right. Could, now, I'm not saying that I'm actually doing that and I'm not hedging because I am concerned about, you know, making a provocative claim. Yeah, yeah, no, I actually, yeah. yeah. So, but I'm saying if we, if we can't, I believe in a secular, um, in a secular government, mm-hmm. in, a se- in a secular like sort of culture, or what I would argue should be a secular culture. Mm-hmm. If every fact about the world is not open to interrogation, mm-hmm. we are hampering our growth and um, our progress as a society. So, but right now, as it stands, mm-hmm. if we were in mixed company who, with people who share our politics. Mm. If I was to question the, the article of faith that America is racist mm-hmm. and America is misogynist, mm-hmm. that conversation would go nowhere. Yep. Like if, if, I, if I were to present evidence, I don't have this evidence to present, right. to be clear. Mm-hmm. Right. If I were to present evidence that showed... <laughs> You know, X, Y, Z for participation of women in positions of power. If I were to show evidence for X, Y, Z, lack of evidence for racial profiling Mm -hmm. in the United States. Mm -hmm. Again, do not have this evidence. (laughs) So I'm saying, Mm -hmm. but there are, but there are people who would probably not be loathsome to share a meal with, or wouldn't be loathsome to share a drink with, or a beer, or whatever. Mm A glass of Chianti or whatever, uh-huh. like it, that, that do <laughs> that, that 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 does have that evidence, right. and 
and does and does believe that and doesn't believe that because they're racist but believes that because that's their reading of this moment in in American history if we can't figure out a way to talk to those people mm. again where are we going to go mm-hmm. like that that is those are religious articles of faith mm-hmm. if we're not able to interrogate them no fair enough but I, but I want to say just point out that what i just said uh and what you just said aren't necessarily in opposition, right? Like, well, I, I'm, I'm saying that there's a kind of basic understanding. Um, they're almost in opposition. There's a kind of basic understanding that we can operationalize in order to get to a place that's better. And you're saying we can't, well, maybe, but we have to be willing to entertain the other side. Yeah, I, I appreciate that because I did a poor job of connecting my point with what you said. Mm-hmm. What I was the the last piece of it I should have said. Flip Nussbaum's uh statement. Mm-hmm. Trump is gonna get elected because twelve percent of black people still hate themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Put that in a white woman's mouth mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. see what happens. Mm-hmm. And, and so that that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like th- that that like how where do we go now like how Mm. do we go about doing this thing that we all want to do right but then what you're doing is you're kind of taking advantage of the whole tribal thing that we do we're like we're like it's always okay for a member of the tribe to call out the tribe like if you flip Mm -hmm. it and you're saying a member of the tribe calls out some other tribe of course that's always going to go down badly it always um uh, but what's the tribe here? I mean, no, this you're right. I'm taking advantage because this is the problem. Well, like, the, okay. shouldn't the tribe be the people who like believe in sort of a greater enfranchisement and participation of all willing people in the American project? Uh, that's not the size of the tribe right now. That's no, not the, but that's but never then, been but, the size of the tribe. Right, but then America's way too racialized and way too again. <laughs> Misogynistic <laughs> to like to to, to but that's where Travis points to get past. Yeah, that's why yes, that's Steven, why it pushes <laughs> us to imagine some other way of responding to each other and to these issues. Yes. So uh, I'm okay. on board there. I have okay. other questions that I'm still mm. working out. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. So I think I think I think Stephen has just brought us up on time very succinctly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. So you're saying that basically, if we keep just sort of perpetuating these tribalized arguments that where that there is no next step is where, yeah, yeah. Right. and I would say that I think that you're right, Travis, and dot 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 mm. because I'm still not convinced that it's solely a race thing here no it's not it's not but the, yeah, but the tribe but the tribes aren't the tribes it's it, but the, the the classic three right the the troika is race, class, and gender mm-hmm. right. Like that—that's—that's. That's I mean, there are other parts, which aren't the troika, which would be disability, would be religion, yes. it would yes. be sexuality, it would be a number yes. of other things that become yes, a part right. of a tribe and develop a tribe. That's all. Yes, very yeah. true, very very true, and mm-hmm. thank you for yeah. pointing that out. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah. Anyway, the, so okay. I, you know, that was that's my response to Nussbaum. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, your points are fairly taken. Um. I th- I can't. It's a great exercise. What if they came out of someone's mouth and we were able to skip over what you said about the tribe part, Travis, I mean, um, Seth, but Mm. really kind of push us imaginatively into a better space. 
Mm. Yeah. I, I, on that, there was an, when I was researching this, uh, just to toss this in there really quickly. Mm. When I was researching, I was trying to find the Nussbaum quote this morning before we started the podcast. I found this uh, other story in the Atlantic, uh, which will only take me one second to uh, to share by um, Rebecca Carroll. Okay. Uh, it was published on June third, twenty twenty. You should be feeling miserable. And mm. she's a, um, a black woman. It seems like she was raised in a white family. Uh, but she had this moment where um, this white girl apparently, uh, uh, when I was about seven, a white girl almost drowned me. That's the lead in mm. to the, the story. Mm. Um, and she, a few couple of paragraphs in, so uh, one adult like reached down in the water and picked her up because um, she was like drowning this this older girl had tossed her in the water and her sister I, it seems adopted white sister had not tried to save her and she levels the accusation that uh, that basically like no one moved because like this is just what whiteness is How that, like whiteness is whiteness is indifference to the degradation of, of black bodies damn. so God so damn I, I, whoa I, I I can't tell you like how misguided and absurd yeah. I found that argument. Yeah. It's it's actually the I, I would say it's contrary to the truth. The problem is that whiteness like helps you deny the degradation of black bodies. And once you see through that whiteness and see the degradation of black bodies, then you're outraged. Right. Whiteness is a filter. Right. Whiteness is not indifference. Right. Agreed. And so like it's it's about breaking down that filter. That's what the civil rights reporting was all about. Mm. Like, no, look what they are doing. Right. right? Mm. This is the outrage. Like look that like look at the deck that is on uh, like th this is what that is. You know because, you know and you know what Travis mm. I think that like the police whiteness um is loaded up with too much uh, uh too much freight for it to actually carry like we, yeah. we end up we yeah. end up making whiteness like the demiurge of yeah. of yeah, yeah, of yeah. western civilization and it's not like whiteness is a particular thing like i would say that the women and men who are photographed in uh the um in uh in the south in those tea parties where they have black bodies hanging from trees and they're eating cake and having tea underneath those bodies. Like mm -hmm. the problem there was not whiteness. No, it's something beyond whiteness. Like whiteness, mm. that's not whiteness. Like that's something else. That's some mm. sort of, that's some deep subcutaneous mm. like mm. hatred of the black body. And I don't think that that, that that gets conflated with whiteness and I'm not sure that they're the same thing at all. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> We're all just patiently waiting for Stephen. Like, look, like's right on the verge of saying something. I'm just looking gently out the window mm -hmm. and uh, really considering what you're saying about mm -hmm. whiteness. I'm like, yeah, it's responsible for quite a few things, but I'm gonna need to sit with some of this mm -hmm. before mm -hmm. I come back because I yeah. went, hmm. Yeah. Then, because it's a lens, it's a filter, it's a way to kind of be in the world, but it's also. I'll I'll say that I definitely feel like we've one of your favorite words freighted it with a little bit more than probably what than what it's actually about. Mm. But it's the it's the impact. It's what it's represent re representative of. And of course, most white people didn't go to picnics where black people were hanging from trees. Mm -hmm. That's logic. But mm -hmm. we have to think about 
the people who told them where the black people were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we have to think about the culture and the systems in which whiteness has operated. So mm-hmm. that's where I'm kind of going, mm, let me think about that. I have to think about that. So I'm not... Mm. Yeah, the, the, or the, 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 I haven't you know, fully the notice, on any of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where the notice is sent out and, you know, maybe the Smiths next door were going to drive over to the lynching right. and you were just going to like stay at home and go like, yeah, we're not going to that. That's ugly. But like, you got the notice mm-hmm. and you right. didn't like, you didn't like, you didn't become outraged mm-hmm. at, you know, this, this terrible, mm-hmm. you know, unspeakable evil that was being perpetrated around you. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that, that's, that is the whiteness right there. Like that, like sort of like, Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like uh, I, I didn't open that piece of mail. Right. Yeah. Like you know, I, Not didn't, my fault. I didn't actually. Yeah, yeah. I, it's you know, it's like I the people that, that were that were near the 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 concentration camps in Germany. Yeah. Like, we didn't know they were burning these bodies. Yeah. We didn't know yeah. they were you know shooting these people. So. But again, it's uh, the outrage, and it's the I'm not going to do that, or I'm not going to sign on to that. I'm going to be really mindful mm-hmm. of the kind of attitudes and belief systems that would inform someone who could do that. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's where I'm trying to, or just consider and think about, you know? So it's yeah, not always yeah. a person with the blood on her hands. It's the person who said, he's over there, he's hiding under that. Mm. <laughs> and it's the people who's, like you said, who weren't outraged. I mean, there are a number of mm-hmm. ways in which this could operate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Sefti, I'll let Stephen close with that. Do you have anything you want to say before we, we sign off? Or? No? No, well said, well said. Um, thanks very much for the conversation, and I'll uh, awesome talk sucks. to you guys next week. Take yeah. care. All right.